The medicine of East Asia is based on a science that does not hold itself separate from the phenomena that it seeks to understand. Our medicine did not grow out of petri dish experimentation or double-blind studies. It arose from observing nature and our part in it. East Asian medicine evolves not from the examination of dead structures, but rather from living systems with their complex, mutually entangled interactions. Welcome to Geological. I'm Michael Max, the host of this podcast that goes in-depth on issues pertinent to practitioners and students of East Asian medicine. Dialogue and discussion have always been elemental to Chinese and other East Asian medicines. Listen into these conversations with experienced practitioners that go deep into how this ancient medicine is alive and unfolding in the modern clinic. These conversations come to you through the generous support of our sponsors and members. All the sponsors here provide helpful products or services that you'll find beneficial in your clinical work. Worried that an EMR is too complex for you? Jane has friendly and knowledgeable support. Mayway Herbs is celebrating the 55th year of their family business. You're invited to make use of their vast library of resources. Are you concerned about the health of Mother Earth? AccuFast Needles is doing something about that. You can too. And later in the show, Ancestral Sturman offers up a sinew treatment, and the folks at Blue Poppy have something special to share as well. Do be sure to visit the sponsors page on the Geological website to take advantage of all the special offers our terrific sponsors have for listeners of the podcast. I don't know about you, but sometimes I take a step back and marvel at my acupuncture needles. I mean, they're the world's simplest medical tool, a sharpened wire and a handle. That's it. And with this simple tool, hundreds of health conditions can be resolved. I love it. What I didn't love was the amount of packaging waste I generated at the end of the day. But that has now changed too. Ever since I switched to AccuFast Earth-Friendly Needles, I reduced my packaging waste by 90%. Not only are they a great needle, but the folks at AccuFast plant a tree for every two boxes of needles I use in the clinic. By switching to AccuFast Needles, you'll be helping patients, planting trees, and joining a community of practitioners changing the world. Like our simple needle, being a part of the solution, it's simple too. Visit AccuFastNeedles.com slash Geological to learn how. Hi folks, I'm Yvonne Lau, president of Mayway Herbs. Our family business turns 55 this year, and we wouldn't have gotten this far without the love and support of our community. We're truly grateful and promise you that we'll continue to work hard to support you and your practice. Please visit Mayway.com to find the perfect Pumsar brand formula or formulate your own in our dispensary. Our site also has lots of articles, videos, and herbal recipes for you to explore. And tune into our podcast, Chinese Medicine Matters, for insightful discussions on all things TCM. Learn about treatment strategies and powerful herbal remedies. As we welcome the month of May, our focus is on women's health. Our newsletter articles and podcast episodes this month will highlight different aspects and unique challenges women face. So subscribe or tune in. And if you're a practitioner, get a discount on our women's health formulas this month. Just visit Mayway.com. This season and every season, trust Mayway Herbs for your health and wellness needs. And thank you for supporting Real Chinese Medicine. I love how technology can help to automate my office. And I want to share with you 
my favorite tool for doing so, Jane. Jane is a clinic management software in EMR with a human touch. Whether you're switching your software or going paperless for the first time, the Jane team knows that the onboarding process can feel a little overwhelming. That's why with Jane, you don't just get software, you get a whole team. Included in every Jane subscription is their award-winning customer support available by phone, email, and chat whenever you need it, even Saturdays. You can also book a free account setup consultation to review your account and ensure you feel confident about going live. If you're interested in making the switch to Jane, head to jane.app/switch to book a one-on-one demo with a member of their support team. And be sure to mention the code Geological at the time of sign up for a one month grace period on your new Jane account. When I first got to Taiwan, I was in a hurry. In a hurry to learn Chinese, to learn medicine, in a hurry to, well, you know, get somewhere. And from that first week, I kept hearing people use the phrase in Chinese, man man lai, take your time, dang it. I didn't have time to take it easy. I had things to do. Going slow and taking it easy, it didn't seem like a way to achieve my goals. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? But over time, I learned there was more to this Chinese phrase, man man lai, than I realized. Later on in the show, I'm going to unpack these characters for you and the real meaning of the phrase, which I think you'll find not only helpful for yourself, but for your patients as well. everybody. Welcome back to Geological. My guest today is Toby Daly. Toby is an acupuncturist with an undergraduate degree in food science from the California Polytech State University. And in 2006, he completed a PhD in classical Chinese medicine with Jeff Yuan. If you're a regular listener to the show, you've already heard him recently talking a bit about the Chinese Nutritional Strategies app, which he's created and he's sponsored the show with it a few times. We're not here to talk about that today, although we might touch in on it later. Instead, I've invited Toby to join us today on Geological to talk about SOM, a Korean acupuncture method. You've heard about SOM, right? Yeah, I didn't think so. And that's why I've got Toby with me today. Toby, welcome to Geological. Thanks so much for having me, Michael. I'm really psyched about this. I'm psyched about all my interviews, but I'm particularly interested in this one because I heard about some acupuncture via a friend of mine that has spent a lot of time studying in Taiwan and he's been to Korea a lot. And he's just kind of one of these uh, traveling rovering scholar kinds of guys. So I've had a little bit of exposure to it, but I've never met anybody who's actually studied it or does it. So I'm curious to begin here with your introduction, how did you come across this particular method? Um, I was traveling in uh, Southeast Asia and uh, really sick. I know you guys can't see me right now, but I'm six foot four, 190 pounds. And I was about 150 at that point. Uh, oh my. Just, yeah, just really sick. And uh, so I, um, at that point, I had no uh, understanding about Chinese medicine or acupuncture or anything. And um, I met a monk and uh, we traveled together for a few weeks and he kept saying to me, wow, you're not doing so well, you know, uh, let me help you. And uh, my background at that point was all science. My grandfather was a medical doctor, you know, so I, you know, putting needles in me, I didn't think would do anything. 
Right. So anyways, uh, he was so nice, such a nice man that, uh, at some point I thought that's not going to do me any help, but, uh, you know, this will make him feel better if I, if I let him give me acupuncture. And, uh, so, uh, you're a compassionate man. Yeah. You know, he, he was just so sweet, but I thought, well, you know, this would be good for him. So, uh, he gave me acupuncture. I got up, um, from that treatment and I had a full meal and three desserts. And it had been about three or four months. I hadn't really been able to eat anything. Wait a minute. So you got up from that treatment. It wasn't like you had a night's sleep. You had a day or two. You got up and you started eating. Immediately. Wow. So, you know, my mind switched pretty quickly from this is some kind of voodoo, you have to believe in it kind of thing to like, whoa, that's very powerful. Just four needles. Right. What? You know? Just four needles. What the heck yeah. was that? Right. So basically you were... You know, a lot of people have stories similar to this. They got sick in some way, but you're the first person I've talked to that learned something from a traveling monk. Where, where did he learn it? Do you know? I mean, well, actually, let me back up for a moment. Is he the one who taught you this stuff? Yes. Yes. Okay. Tell us a bit about where this psalm acupuncture comes from. Where did he learn it? And where does, you know, how do we trace this back? Where, what's the lineage here? Right, so um, Sa'am is, he's the, uh, he's a Korean uh, Buddhist monk, and he was a traveling monk, and part of his um, meditation attainment, he, you know, sometimes things come along for the ride with meditation attainments, he got a deep insight into medicine. So then he, he just started performing acupuncture. It, it's about 400 years ago in Korea, so we don't know the details, mm -hmm. but then his followers started recording his treatments. And uh, now we have that text now, um, the 400-year-old text. This is not the first time that there's been some sort of a master who didn't really write stuff down, but his, his students did. Right. I mean, he was a wandering monk, uh, just a bowl and robes, you know, no monastery even. So, you know, he was just doing his thing in the forest. Right. So he had some sort of insight something came through for him while meditating he's got a system of acupuncture that that came through that's been transmitted tell us a bit about this system how's it different than the stuff that we learned in school you know i mean we've all got a background in tcm because you know that's that's what you need to get to walk through the gate of medicine here how's this stuff different right i mean it's based on all the theories that we know um yin yang five element um six confirmations, it just combines it in a really unique way. Um, it, it's based all on the classic text itself. It's not like he had a really something outside of the classic text. It's just the combination, how he put everything together. Mm -hmm. Can you walk us through a case so that we can get a sense of how you're looking at somebody, how you're diagnosing, and how that actually translates into the points that are chosen? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I really like um, maybe your listeners to consider using this at some point, uh, you know, for a case. It, it's I mean, a lot of the theoretical things is is complicated, but the actual point selection itself is pretty straightforward. So I, mean, I was thinking about this yesterday when, when I knew we were going to be talking. And yesterday I had a case, bladder channel stagnation due to cold. Mm -hmm. Very common thing, right? Tie on cold. Yeah. Super common, right? Um, and so, uh, for, so for this technique, um, 
I'm trying to think about a best way to approach this one uh, clearly. So this this technique pairs uh, organs differently than we usually do. This is from, I believe it's chapter 24 in the Su Wen, where they pair the organs, where they pair the six conformations together. And so for Tai Yang, they, they pair with Xiao Yin. Right. Yes. You're familiar with well, that one. So the, uh, the tradition that uh, Feng Shu Lun and Dr. Hu Shi Shu, yeah, there, there's, there are some other people that really look at this six confirmation thing. And, and talk about the same thing. That's, that's really fascinating. So tell us more about this pairing of the Taiyang and the Xiaoyin. Right. So, so, this, um, so this pairing is urinary bladder and heart, which we usually don't ever uh, pair, but it makes a lot of sense. So for this system, uh, urinary bladder is obviously a water element and Taiyang, which, which is associated with cold water. So Urinary bladder for this system, we always think about as just really icy cold water. And then it's paired with heart, which is fire, obviously, which we know, and Xiaoyin, which is fire. So, it, it may, you know, when you, when you stop and think about it, it's, it's an obvious pairing that we don't It is do. obvious. So, yeah, yeah, you know, right? we just, we don't, we don't usually think about that as a pairing uh, bladder and heart. So anyway, so this case, it was, I diagnosed her as having icy cold uh stagnation in the bladder trajectory. And so I used Xiaoyin uh, heart. I, I tonified the heart and um, uh, to counteract that cold, you know, to put fire plus fire into the icy cold situation. So uh, as usual, you know, it was, it, when it's a real clear case like that, it's, it's very successful. So um, she was in severe pain and then just within a few moments of the treatment, uh, complete release and, uh, and just smile. Wow. So. so what was her problem? Like a sciatica, but not like a gallbladder down the side sciatica, but uh, more, uh, you know, bladder channel down the back of the of leech. Uh, Got it. Okay. That's a pretty common thing. I think a lot of us see that, I mean, all the time, right? Yes. And so uh, I was thinking about for your listeners, you know, we always have our usual ways we like to treat that, uh, you know, two or three things that we usually do. So I was hoping your listeners would consider in the future you know, if, if their normal methods don't work or aren't as satisfactory, they could consider something like Or if you're just curious and you want to try something new, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's true, yeah. Okay. If you're really adventurous, yeah. Then. So I'm familiar with this idea when I'm thinking about herbal medicine, right? And there's, there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's things like uh, ma huang, futsu, shishin tang. You know, you might use that for a situation like this. But, but we're not talking herbs here. We're talking acupuncture. So when you say that you tonified the heart to bring some fire into the urinary bladder, what points were you using? How do you, how does that actually fall out as an acupuncture prescription? Yeah, that, that's a, that's a great, uh, yeah, I definitely want to get to that, but it's interesting that you brought up herbs. Yeah. I, I think of this as like really extreme herbs, uh, treatment. You know, we, we have like all our harmonizing formulas and things like that. But this is really, I mean, between um, heart and urinary bladder, you're choosing, uh, is this shergao or is it futsa? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not like a, you're, you're really going all in with this treatment. So you want to really want to make sure you diagnose properly. So yeah, so th this point combination is, is a strong point combination. So it's heart three, heart nine, kidney 10, and liver one. And we, we take the opposite side of wherever the pain is. 
Okay. Just one side. So this is all on one side. All these needles. Yes. And is there any particular order that they go in? Uh, top to bottom. Well, that's easy enough. So kidney three, oh man, I'm, I'm going to show my ignorance here. Right? That is the, um, I'm just trying to think five element correspondences. It's the. Uh, uh, it's kidney 10. No, no, but I was thinking heart three. Yeah, so, oh, heart three. Yes. Heart three is, uh, do you want to struggle on it or do you want me to tell you? No, no. I want you to tell me because I'm totally not coming up with it at the moment. So it's the water point on the heart channel. It's the, okay, that makes sense. And then kidney 10 is the water point. No, it's the earth point. The water. Kidney 10 is the water point? I'll, I'll talk us all through this. Uh, let me uh, think about it and I'll talk us through it. So heart three, it's a water point, right? So for heart three, we would drain it uh, because that's the check on the, on the heart channel, in the heart channel. It's the water point on the fire channel. So mm -hmm. we drain that. And then we go to heart nine which is the wood point on the fire channel. And we would- Which uh, is going to tonify it. Right, tonify. And then, and then down the leg, kidney 10, again, we drain. And then liver one, we tonify. Okay. Wow. It, it's a all in. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, there's no messing around with this. Right. I mean, I always think about it like, um, uh, I'm not a gambler, but I always think about like in the movies where they take all the chips and put them out forward. And that, that's really <laughs> the system does, you know, that's- that's their approach. You know, it's, it's a foods uh, for sure, or a sure gal for sure. You know, that that's what we're putting into the system. This is so helpful to be able to know when we're dealing with a situation that is, uh, you know, is an all in situation because in those kinds of situations, number one, usually we're a little bit nervous. Yes. Right. Cause it's like, well, if I have this dialed in, I'm really going to help them. And if I don't have it dialed in, oops. Right. Right. And I think it's really useful too as a clinician to be able to take that very, very strong, that very directed. It's like, here's what I'm seeing and I'm going to treat just that. There's no side, you know, there's no training wheels on this thing. Either it's going to work and they're going to get better or it's not going to work and they're probably going to get worse. Uh, yes, especially when I was first learning the system, uh, you know, I made some mistakes and it's very clear, uh, like with herbal medicine too, you know, if you go over a strong formula and you make a mistake, it's very obvious you've made a mistake, but also it's, it's very obvious if you're on the right track, you know, usually within, within five minutes or so, there's definite change. Mm -hmm. Do you find that if you, wow, within five minutes. Okay. So how long did the needle stand? Uh, like usual 20 minutes, usual 20 minutes. So is it possible that you could start a treatment and, and recognize that, Oh, nope, wrong direction and course correct in the middle. Yes. If everything goes really bad right away, uh, mm -hmm. you could take out those needles and then put in uh, urinary bladder plus, uh, you know, urinary bladder tonification four points. And that would counteract that. Uh, okay. So it's, it's got some built in safety also. When you do tonification and sedation with this, and it sounds like that aspect is really, really important, how do you tonify and how do you disperse? What's the, what's the protocol for that? How do you do that with this system? 
Well, I mean, like we've been talking about uh, for tonification, is it's from uh, chapter 69 in uh, Nanjing, uh, you know, to tonify the mother. And then um, for sedation is we sedate the son. Okay. So it's not so much about needle technique as it is antique point correspondence. Well, yeah, all that, right? So also on each each point, you know, like we were talking about before for the heart, heart three, we would go against the channel sedating technique, but leave the needle, leave the point open when you take it out. Yeah. So uh, th this is an important point though. So mostly I, I mean, it's possible for that, for that case with that cold, we could have uh, sedated the urinary bladder rather than tonifying the heart. But it's, it's a win-win if we tonify the heart because we're just adding more to the system. It, uh, I keep it more for like emergency cases or really, really severe cases where we actually drain one of the channels. I, I usually use the, the counterbalancing channel and uh, tonify it. Okay. Are there any books on this? Uh, yes. There's a translation of the, the Psalm text, um, but it doesn't, it, it jumps right into the combination. So we're, we're kind of talking about the kindergarten level of this one, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, where we take the four points and do exactly what's right. But Psalm himself in the text, he breaks these apart and combines them. Um, so the, the text that's available is really good text, but it, it jumps right into college level combinations. And mostly what I use, and I've been using this 15 years, is the basic level. Uh, I do combine sometimes, but the basic level itself is, is plenty of power for me. everyone, Anne Cecil Sturman here. A working knowledge of the eight extraordinary channels from the unbroken oral tradition of acupuncture is valuable beyond words. The power of these channels is tremendous if the practitioner has well-integrated diagnostic, theoretical and practical skill. You'll be familiar with Dumai, the governor channel or the sea of yang, the primal reservoir of yang which ultimately finances all movement and growth. But this channel also governs the ability to self-determine. The psycho-emotional presentation of your patients can be matched to a classical activation of this channel, clearing impedance in the free flow of yang chi to body, mind and spirit. I'd like to share with you the marvellous potency of the Do channel in a full-length live treatment video from the seminar I taught last year in Melbourne, Australia. It's at ancecilsturman.com forward slash sinews2024. Click on the jump to free teaching button or see the link on my Instagram page at ancecilsturman. Thanks, Michael. Back to you. Let's go into the basics again a bit because in some ways this sounds pretty simple, but it's easy to get confused. And, and I'd have to say... I. I mean, I get it with tonify, tonify the mother and you sedate the, uh, you know, you use the uh, control point, so to speak, to, to sedate. I mean, I, I get that. It's one thing to have that theory in my head. It's another thing to like really take it and dial it into the points, mm -hmm. right? Let's, let's take another case and walk through it together because my suspicion is a lot of the listeners are following along and going, yep, that theory makes sense. Now, how do I do that? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. So how about another case? Maybe, uh, you know, something common that, that people see in clinic, like, uh, I don't know, allergies, allergic rhinitis. Right. Um, so yeah, the system, yeah, does that really pretty well. Um, especially that's a good way to talk about, let's talk about another pairing and then we'll, we'll talk about using allergies for that. So another okay. pairing also from, I believe it's chapter 24 in Sufi, um, is um, they pair Taiyin and Yangming. Taiyin and Yangming. Right. So okay. we'll, we'll, we'll look at the lung, large intestine pairing. So, so Taiyin we know uh, is, has to do with moisture, right? And, um, mm-hmm. and lung is metal. So it, it, which has to do with dryness. So it's a really nice combination for wet, dry problems that we come run across sometimes. And then stomach, which is Yangming, which has to do with dryness and is earth, which has to do with dampness. So again, it's, it's a, it's a wet, dry, wet, dry combination problem. So a lot of times for allergies, if I have a patient that's really thin, Meaning that they're really dry on the inside, really inefficiency with a lot of with a lot of dampness, congestion, things like that. Then I'll use these pairings. And and how would that work with the tonification and and dispersal? Right. So for a case where uh, there's really thin dryness on the inside and moisture on the outside, I would use lung. And for a case where someone's really heavy. And uh, like a whole bunch of dryness, like especially like dry congestion, uh, dry cough, things like that. Then I use stomach for that. Mm-hmm. So let's let's take that last one that you just talked about, where where there's that dryness, they got that cough. What would those points look like? How would you needle that one up? So again, so we would use um, we would tonify stomach, and we would use small intestine five. Stomach 41, uh, stomach 43, and gallbladder 43. Okay. <laughs> I'm thoroughly confused. Why each one of these? Because, again, we're going to uh, tonify the mother. And, uh, and we're going to, in this case, also sedate the, the check on the, on the stomach channel. Okay. So the mother here is? So the mother of Earth, we... Mother of Earth is fire. I, I'm just a clinician, Michael. So you, mostly, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, when I'm with the patient, right? I don't think. Oh, okay, who's the mother of this, right? So I really have to stop in the textbook think about this. Yes. So small intestine five, right, is fire point on fire channel. Okay. Got it. Right, and then and like uh, everything we we did before uh, too. Then uh, then we would uh, sedate the wood, so on the gallbladder point, and then sedate the wood point on the earth channel, uh, the stomach point, and then tonify the, tonify the, the fire point on the earth channel, stomach 41. On the earth channel, stomach 41. Okay. So thank you for letting me run you through the, uh, the, the paces like this. I, you know, as a clinician, I also don't often stop to think about these things. And if I do stop to think, I mean, it really kind of gets in the way of the practice in a way. So I, I suspect this is a little bit like learning to play music and playing scales as a way of learning to play music, right? Because at this point, I, it seems to me like you're in clinic, you see it, you diagnose it, and you go, okay, bang, these points. 
Yeah, I think that that's that's definitely right. I think I think that's a that's a great thing. Uh, you know, I just see these patients, and then my needle finger gets itchy, right, <laughs> for the, for these points. Uh. <laughs> because you've got enough experience to uh, to know which ones to use that way. So, would you say that for anyone who would like to become facile with this and and have their needle fingers be able to get itchy in the right way as well? We should probably really know our antique point correspondences just dead cold. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't want to you don't want to be thinking about these in the treatment room. Uh, when when I first started, I actually I had a list of these all, all the points, and uh, so I would kind of clandestinely look at them when I was in the treatment uh, room because I mean the reason you really want to focus on the actual diagnosis, and then once you already have, have the actual diagnosis, then like I was saying before, my hand just gets itchy. I just put these points in now. It's been uh, 15 years of doing using the system. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, anything you can do to free your mind up for the diagnosis and then the treatment just flows from that. I mean, having a cheat sheet's not a bad idea. I can remember doing that early on in my acupuncture career. I had a clipboard with a couple of little cheat sheet charts that were underneath my notes. So I could just like, you know, lift up my clinic notes at any point and like take a quick look. Oh yeah, right. It's that one, right? What's opposite the clock of large <laughs> intestine? Yeah. Oh yeah, right, right. Yeah, that one. With this allergies scenario, would you treat just one side again or would you go for both? Yeah. I mean, so the, the general heuristic for this is if it's a severe case, you can do both. Usually I start with just one side and uh, for males on the left and females on the right. It's not that many needles, is it? No, but there, there's some doozies. You know, we end up with a lot of Jingwell points. So my, my patients know to kind of expect uh, sometimes a little bit of discomfort, but it's really worth it for just the quick reaction. Um, you know, especially pain syndromes or even allergies or something like that. It often shifts really quickly. Do you ever add other sorts of ancillary points to help with something or you just, you know, you're kind of like a Jingfong doctor, you know, it's like I'm using the original formula and there's no, there's no modifications. No, definitely. Like, like I was telling you before, Sa'am himself uh, recommend a lot of like really complicated combinations, but, but a lot of times I'll do the same, right? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll just add, you know, TCM points to these. Oftentimes you don't need them, but every once in a while, you know, if I take one side on the patient and, uh, you know, I don't want to do another full four points on the other side, I'll add like LI4 to a headache or something like that. So it's definitely compatible to, uh, to a little bit of modification. I hope you've been enjoying this conversation with Toby. I got to tell you, I've been working on this SOM acupuncture system myself. And I find myself falling back on the memory of listening to all those Taiwanese friends telling me, man, man, lai. Let me break this phrase down for you. Man, that's pronounced with a fourth falling tone. It means slow. Double up the word, man, man. It means like really slow. Lai, second tone. That means to arrive. Man, man, lai. Literally, slowly, slowly arrive. When I first heard this phrase, I thought it meant don't care so much or be lax. I was wrong. It means none of those. Slowly, slowly arrive means take your time and keep your focus. 
Be attentive to what you're working on. Move slowly enough to have a full experience. It means keep moving in the direction that you want to go. Be relentless and keep putting yourself in front of what you want. Man Man Lai means things don't come to fruition in 21 days or your money back like the internet promises. It means that experience ripens over time. It takes seasons, maybe even years to unfold anything of value. Man Man Lai, slowly, slowly arrive, means keep moving toward your goal and eventually it will arise to meet you. It might even mow you down. I've been Man Man lying myself into this Psalm acupuncture stuff. Toby's article was really helpful, and you'll find it over on the show notes page. But I'm a slow learner, and I've had to rely on the occasional phone call with him to straighten out my clinical thinking with using the Psalm acupuncture system. It occurred to me that the questions I've had about Psalm might be questions that you'd have too. So recently, I phoned him up, turned on the microphone, and rolled some tape. We did a part two, and it really gets into some of the intricacies and ways of thinking about the clinical application of some acupuncture. Oh, one more thing. At the end of today's conversation, there's a little taste of Toby's brilliance in part two. All right, let's get back to the rest of today's conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that it's just four needles. I mean, even if they're uncomfortable needles, I mean, four needles, bang, 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 you know, have, have a snooze. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Like I said, I, I put all my effort into diagnosis and then, um, and then yeah, and then the treatment uh, plan just flows. So that's really nice. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's true. It's so true, isn't it? That if we've got our diagnosis down, often we don't have to think much about treatment because that... I mean, that just naturally arises. It's like asking a really good question. Certain kinds of answers just come right up. Yes. Talk to us a little bit about how you do your diagnosis. I, I think my diagnosis got a lot more clear uh, using the system. I do diagnosis like everyone else, uh, pulse and tongue. Uh, I, I, I practice in the, um, the Shun Hammer um, pulse uh, system. But, but it, it really, I mean, it really makes you be sharp with your diagnosis. Because like I said, if, if you choose hot and the patient's uh, cold, uh, immediately you're going to have a whole bunch of problems. So it really sharpens up my, a lot of times, you know, we use like a TCM system. We can really you know, go for a balancing treatment or harmonizing or something like that. Um, you know, where you just kind of let the body do whatever it wants. You, you put a little push on it. This system is really, like I was saying before, you put all the chips in for your bet. So it's really made my diagnosis. Uh, yeah, I put I put a huge amount of making sure that that's right before I put the needles in. And it sounds like you're basically using an eight parameters kind of diagnosis. Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it interior? Is it exterior? Is it wet? Is it dry? These kinds yeah. of things. Absolutely, but sometimes you know you know we give like a little nod to the eight parameters, but this one, I mean, you definitely have to decide. Is it, is it internal? Is it external? Like we were talking before about the, for the allergies, about the stomach channel, right? We have to really decide, is it, is that dampness inside or is that, or, and it's dryness on the outside? Then only then can we use the stomach channel. How would you differentiate dampness on the inside versus dampness on the outside? What does that look like in a, in a patient who walks in? How, how would they look different? 
Right. I mean, so, so that that's a great question. One, one of the, um, the easiest way is if someone's overweight, we always think about dampness on the inside. And then I look at the skin. At, I really check the skin a lot to see what the quality of the skin is. And then ask people, you know, do you use a lot of moisturizers, things like that. So a lot of times you can cover up really dry skin with like high quality moisturizer or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I always palpate and then also ask. So for that case, you know, dampness on the inside and dryness on the outside would be an obese patient with like really dry, flaky skin. That would be the most the clearest indication for that. Right. That'd be like the exemplary person for that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the opposite of them would be skinny. Yes. And then really oily skin, right? So, right. Once I started diagnosing like this, I realized that all these clues are out there for us. But, you know, like before using the system, I never really paid that close attention to the skin. But now, you know, just at a glance, you can see if someone has really oily skin. Sometimes, you know, they come in textbook, you know, bone thin and, you know, oily skin with acne and everything like that. And, you know, like I said, then my needle finger gets itchy pretty quick. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That would be like, uh, oh good. That's easy. Textbook example. Here we go. Yeah. Everyone, you know what? It happens so rarely for me. Maybe I'm just not paying attention, but when something really textbook shows up, my first question is what am I missing here? It's easy to second guess. Toby, what are some other kinds of things that maybe you used to not pay so much attention to, but because you're, you've really worked on your diagnosis because you've really learned to look and make these distinctions. What are some things that in the past you might not have noticed that these days they just stand right out? Yeah, I mean, a lot of what we've been talking about, you know, the, the yin-yang pairing. So I really, one of the main diagnoses I, I try and make it uh, pay attention to when the patient first comes in is how like passive or aggressive they are. And that's an important differentiation for the system too. You know, are they real meek? Uh, Are they, you know, really aggressive? And then we have to be really careful too, because a lot of people, if they're meek, they try and puff themselves up to look a little aggressive. And sometimes really aggressive people, they, you know, especially when you first meet them, they really cover that up. So I think my ability to to check if someone's going to be really uh, passive or really aggressive has gotten much better, even when the patient's trying to uh, cover a little bit. What is it that you're looking for that helps you to suss that out? Uh, that's a great question. I think, you know, uh, body posture tells me a lot. Yeah, I, w- I would say the main thing is body posture. You can kind of fake your body posture for a minute or two, but then ultimately, you know, especially when they're, you're interviewing them, uh, if you pay close attention, the body posture within a, a minute or two, you'll start to see flashes of what they're really like. Got it. And this... Well, we'll just call it meek versus aggressive. How is that helpful to you in coming up with your diagnosis? What uh, what is it that that points toward? My uh, my teacher, the monk, he he said uh, uh, he, the, the two uh, archetypes for these is the, li- the librarian and Mike Tyson. So <laughs> the, 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 the two obvious ones, right? So I'm always trying to see, you know, are you fitting the librarian or the Mike Tyson monk? So that really lets me know about uh, this for, for Chinese medicine, uh, excuse me, for, Chinese, for this system, the pericardium has to do with uh, that really passive librarian energy. And then the gallbladder, of course, has to do with the Mike Tyson energy. So a lot of times um, I'm trying to decide uh, which one of those I'm going to take. And so here we are with another of the great pairings, right? 
the Jiayin right. with the Xiaoyang. It's such an obvious pairing to me. But before I learned the system, it never came up, this kind of pairing in my experience. And, and yet, so often in clinic, even with TCM, we see people treating Jiayin, Xiaoyang all the time. Right? I mean, it's one of the reasons why things like Xiaoyasan are, you know, is so popular. Right. It, it's just nice to work in, in such an explicit system, right? That that clearly states why those why those two are paired. I love this the librarian versus Mike Tyson sort of uh, image. That's that's really good. Have you got some other images that you use for like you know? I mean, let's say the uh, Taiyang and uh, Xiaoyin situation. I mean, that's you know, I guess that's fire and ice, isn't it? Yes. Right. And then any anything else come to mind besides the fire and ice or we just leave it at that? So, you know, it sounds like lyrics to a great song. <laughs> it does sound like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, like you were saying before, it's just all yin-yang pairing. So wet, dry, hot, cold, internal, external, all these kind of things. So I have, I have more like ideas in my mind, but the images for sure, the librarian and the Mike Tyson, that's that's pretty clear in my mind. That's that's a good one. Hmm. And, and how do you see these emotional factors playing out in treatment, playing out in a, in a patient's uh, situation in their, uh, and, and in how they improve? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. A lot of times, you know, how I recommend certain things to patients, right, then based on if I'm explaining it to the librarian, right, I give it like, you know, all the reference text and why you should do this kind of thing you know, why I should make that recommendation. And then Mike Tyson, usually I have to kind of like go in through the side door when I make any kind of recommendations for Mike Tyson, right? Uh, I got a, uh, that kind of, that type of patient. I have to make them think it's their idea. that They, get, they come up with a, their idea to make a dietary change or something like that. So um, I, I think, yeah, having that diagnosis is really helpful for how you, um, how you present things to the patient. In recent years, the Sa'am acupuncture style has generated significant interest and a loyal and growing following. In the Sa'am approach, a precise diagnosis leads to a four-needle treatment to address the five element and six chi imbalances in the body. The four needles target the controlling and generating cycles. It's common using this method for the needle sensation to be stronger than in many other styles. Thus, the choice of needle becomes important. The Unico brand of needles lends itself to both strong and gentle techniques. These superior needles are made of uncoated Japanese surgical stainless steel and feature the best guide tube on the market with its unique beveled edge. Additionally, Unico needles have a tensile property that helps with freehanding needles into Jingwell points and allows you to more easily feel the arrival of chi. Blue Poppy is the exclusive importer and distributor of Unico needles. Use the code QI2024 to save 10% off Unico needles at www.bluepoppy.com. You'll be glad you did. Mm-hmm. So you've been doing this kind of acupuncture for 15 years. Yes. And... And you learned it from this wandering monk. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that is this wandering monk still teaching people? I mean, if somebody wanted to learn more about this, how would they go about it? Yeah, that, that's a great question. 
my uh, my my teacher, the monk, he taught me. You know, I, I met him in uh, like I was saying before in uh, northern India, and, um, and then I, you know, I did some training with him in Korea. And then he's come to. I'm up in Northern California. He's come to visit me a couple of times. Saw patients with me in clinic. It was so great. Everything's so great. Answering every one of my questions. And a couple of years ago, he stopped talking to me completely. Uh oh. Yeah. As uh, for him, this was a high compliment. He felt like uh, I understood the medicine and I was in a great shape. So he wouldn't discuss it with me anymore. I uh, didn't agree with this assessment. You know, I feel like I'm just still like a struggling uh, to understand this medicine, but. Uh, so uh, he cut off all contact and he won't answer any questions anymore or anything like that. So I, I guess supposedly this is a high compliment, but uh, I'm not so sure about it. Well, that's a really traditional kind of thing, isn't it? I mean, don't you usually get thrown out of the monastery once you're at a certain level of uh, understanding? Yeah, maybe, but uh, I don't feel like I've re- reached any level of understanding, you know, uh, so... I think my, my teacher may have made an error in that. <laughs> well, there, there is that possibility. There's something else that I've heard that goes something like this. If you really want to know something and learn it and understand it deeply, then teach it to someone else. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's true. So are you doing any teaching? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, not, not too much uh, formal teaching. But yeah, I mean, I was so happy that you uh, asked me to come on the program because uh, I really, it's not a very well-known system, but I think it's a good system. And um, so I'm eager for people to uh, to, and to try it out. Recently, I wrote an uh, article in the Journal of Chinese Medicine, The Current Issue, and uh, this is spelled out in a lot more uh, detail. Uh-huh. So for those of you that are listening, this would be a really great place to start. Is, is to read Toby's article. Would it be possible to get a reprint of that that we could put on the show notes page so people could uh, could read that? Or do they need to go to the Journal of Chinese Medicine to get it? Do you know? Sure. You know, um, I, don't, I don't know right now, but I could ask the Journal of Chinese Medicine. They're really great about uh, reprinting articles and things like that. So I don't see why not. If, if they are okay with it, then for sure, we'll just put it in the show notes. That'd be great. I, mm-hmm. I know... For myself, I really want to read this. And and I'm so struck in talking with you how this fits in with a lot of this six-level confirmation stuff that I've been looking at lately that I, I thought was really only in the herbal tradition. But clearly, with this form of acupuncture, it's, it's embedded in the acupuncture tradition as well. Yeah, and I, I do a lot of herbs myself too. So it's really nice to have a, a system of diagnosis for both, right? You know, once you've diagnosed, then, then it's just clear what to do with acupuncture. It's clear what to do with herbs. Having a sense of clarity in the clinic is such a delight. You know, I mean, I think we all work long and hard to gain that. Yes, anything that can help in the clinic, I'm all for it. Yeah, me too. In terms of, I mean, you were saying this is really good stuff for pain. Is, are there any other conditions that you think this style of acupuncture is particularly useful for? You know, um, I use this system for like 90% of what I do. The 10% is when I'm just not sure, you know, I don't feel confident enough in the diagnosis to go all in. But it's really, it's, it's pretty good for everything as long as it needs a strong 
treatment, uh, mental stuff, emotional stuff, physical, you know, pain and things like that. It's pretty effective. And like I was telling you before, pretty quickly too. So for those of us that think, oh yeah, acupuncture, it's just kind of harmonizing and regulating. You can't really take people down too bad of a road. It sounds like you would disagree. Yeah. I, I unfortunately know from personal experience, you know, if you, if you diagnose incorrectly and you, you take off the check, and you really tonify the mother of the wrong idea, you, you're, in, you're in bad shape quickly. Like I said, it's nice because you have the safety mechanism. You can take the other channel, the other, uh, you know, the opposite channel, the balancing channel to correct that really quickly. But yeah, it's unpleasant for the patient when you make that kind of mistake. I suspect it's even more unpleasant if you continue to make a mistake, but don't realize that you're doing it. <laughs> right. But it's, it's so obvious. The mistake is so obvious. Uh, uh, yeah, you, you, it's unmistakable when, when you've gone in the wrong direction. I'm taking, I'm actually taking that as good news. Yeah, it's right. It's really clear. It's like herbal medicine too. You know, if you kind of do a weak herbal formula, you have no idea, you have no idea what you actually did. Yeah, it's sort of working, but maybe not working or something like that. Whereas if you give a high dose foods, you, you know, it's, something's going to happen, right? Something's going to happen really good or, you know, maybe something really bad, but for sure you'll know, is your idea correct or not? That's right. Toby, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us about this particular stream of acupuncture? Um, I'd like people just to try it. I'd like, I'd like people to experiment with it a little bit in their clinic. Uh, like I said before, especially, you know, you have something that's not responding normally to your usual treatments, then consider this as, you know, trying something different. And uh, like you suggested too, the really adventurous practitioners out there, yeah, I mean, maybe try it. As soon as you listen to this, try this. Hopefully, we can have the um, the article and the downloads, and you and you can look at um, and you you can just look at everything in the article. Everything's really well laid out. Great, I'm really looking forward to that. You know, speaking of things that are clear and helpful, your uh, nutritional strategies app is pretty cool. Oh, thanks a lot. I'm glad you like that. Even though Toby has been a sponsor here, this is not an advertisement for the app, but I do want to talk about it for just a couple of minutes because I, I'm curious to know, I mean, you know, I know you've got this background in nutrition and all that, but whatever prompted you to take all of that particular knowledge and turn it into something that fits on your iPhone? Right. So I, I heard about this after I did it, but uh, one of the best ways to come up with something is to scratch your own itch. And so I, I was always interested in uh, nutrition, uh, like you can say from my background. And, but I was so frustrated, like Western nutrition, it's, it's not personalized. It's not dialed in very well. You know, we just look at like the macronutrients and then combinations of those. And so when, when I came across the Chinese medicine system of the individual diagnosis for the patient, and then each food has its individual qualities, I was like fascinated with it. And uh, so it was so hard, though, because the information was in a lot of different books and some of it was incomplete, some of it was different. And so for my own use, I compiled everything all together in one spot. And then, um, and then you know, I, I met a great app developer. So basically, I kind of made this app for myself. And then, uh, it, you know, it's, it's been great. A lot of other practitioners have really uh, got a lot out of it. It's, um, yeah, I... I, I... I also love that phrase, scratch your own itch. It, it can take us down some really interesting trails. 
Yes. And, and can be helpful to, you know, other practitioners as well. I, I know that it's really fun for me. I, in fact, I just used it yesterday. I've got, I've got this patient who is very blood deficient and, and very anxious and wound up partly because of circumstances in her life and partly because she's, well, you know, blood deficient, right? And she works out every day, uh-huh. right? And I, and I tried to get her to take herbs, but, well, it, that's too inconvenient to put some powder in some water. <laughs> so I, I was thinking, well, I wonder if I could just get her to eat, right? I asked her about what she's eating, and, and she's actually not eating that much smoothies and stuff like that salads and i'm thinking god if i could just get her to like to chow down on a burger every now and then or tuck into a steak that would be great yeah so i uh actually pulled out that nutritional app and you know put in blood deficiency and 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 a few other things that i saw going on with her some yin deficiency as well and uh it was just like you know what i sent her home with this piece of paper i just said I'd like to see you eat more. I don't care what you eat, but try to make it things off this part of the list. And just leave it at that. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's nice because yeah, you, you can, you can, the patient can leave with something, right. A list of things that you recommend. And then also the nice thing about the app that will tell patients what not to eat too. So that that comes into play too. It's been really helpful for my own clinics. Well, maybe at some point we'll see a nice app for, uh, this acupuncture that you're doing too. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's, that's a good idea. <laughs> just, uh, just, just a little food for thought. Great. Well, Toby, I, I so appreciate you taking the time today and, uh, this Psalm acupuncture, like I said, I, I didn't know much about it. I just had kind of heard some things. You've really caught my attention with in particular, how using this system is going to make your diagnosis skills get better. Yeah. Thanks so much, Michael, for the opportunity to talk about it. Hey friends, I hope you've enjoyed this discussion of some acupuncture. It's pretty interesting stuff. I promised you a little taste of what you get in part two with Toby. Check out this riff on the Sanjal. So a lot of times if um, I have a patient that's really um, not very self-aware, especially my teacher really pointed out, not very polite, especially the person's not really polite, doesn't do really social norms, they really need to, you really need to uh, supplement the Sanjiao energy in that case, because that will really help them with that inner concentration. Wait, wait a minute. You supplement the Sanjiao energy? Yes. For, for that uh, impolite, unaware person. Because they're not looking outward? They're not looking inward. The liver energy is the inward, cool energy. So I'm confused here. If they don't have enough inward cool energy going, why would you supplement the Sanja? Wouldn't you supplement the liver? No. If you want someone to be polite, we would supplement the Sanja. Really? Okay. I'm. This is great. I'm totally confused. Explain how that works. Uh, this one has to do with like the piercing concentration aspect mm-hmm. that people, especially uh, people that are impolite, not very social aware, socially aware, don't have. So my archetype for the Sanja type is the opposite of a monk, someone really socially unaware, no social graces, like knocking things over, just really unaware. Got it. Okay. Does that make sense? It, it does now. It's a different way of looking at this, you know, a totally different lens. So 
you know, you have to kind of put away usually how you think about the Sanjiao or the liver. And usually they're not paired, right? The system pairs them. So. Thanks as always for listening. If you liked this conversation, if you learned something new or found a moment of inspired insight, share the episode with your friends. If you want to support Geological, there's just one way to do that. It's by going to the website and becoming a member or leaving a one-time contribution today. Well, folks, that's it for today. Join us again next Tuesday for another conversation that connects up the voices of our community.